1: don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening.
0: Enjoy the call. Hello and a warm welcome from BrainGrew Studios. It is just gone midday and that means it's time for the call. We're going to go through 10 stocks as picked by you. And we've got two very smart cookies to go through them and give you the lowdown on that. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of June, and I'm Andrew Page. I'm filling in for David Koch, who's uh, involved with our Small Caps Big Ideas Conference right now. So let me introduce our guests in the studio, both of them today. Maybe not for too much longer, guys, given the way the uh, situation is unfolding here in New South Wales. But today, we've got you both in the hot seat. Robert Corlett from Macro Capital. G'day, man. G'day, man. Uh, yeah, I know you got a bit of a, a haircut from the uh, daughter the other day. I, Doesn't I, look too bad.
2: Yeah, no, that's good. I, I said I'd give her a special shout out. So thanks, Hannah. Appreciate uh, the work you've done for Dave. There Very you go. Nice. Yep,
0: nice, nicely done. There's there's a, a career in, in the in the waiting. And Mark Morland from Team Invest. How are you, Mark? Excellent. Thank you, Andrew. Good to see you. Your kids cut your hair? No, no. Oh, well, so I wouldn't let my granddaughter anywhere near mine No. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we we're going to lockdown again, we could all be doing it uh, <laughs> uh, pretty soon. So, uh, look, as you all know, we, uh, we do have 10 stocks that we're going to get into, but we get to choose one before we kick things off. And we thought today we have to go with Washington H. Soul Pattinson, the one that sounds like a chemist but is anything but one of the oldest listed companies on the ASX with, let's face it, a really incredible track record of shareholder wealth creation. And they are set to snap up their peer, Milton Corporation, in a mega merger creating a combined company with nearly $11 billion in market cap. So the uh, offer that's been lobbed is about $6 per share. Uh, that's a 20% premium to the last uh, traded price. And you also get a bunch of lovely, fully franked dividends if you are a Milton uh, shareholder. Uh, the move comes mere months after Solpads ditched its bid for Regis Healthcare. So they've uh, certainly been keen to snap up something. Mark, does this deal make sense to you?
1: Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you because I've never looked at Milton. Because <laughs> okay. it's never passed any of our filters. We like Sol right. Pats though. I yeah. mean, have, that is a brilliant company and it's had, um, I, think they had I think they've had. I think they got a history of 120 years of, is it 120 something like that? Years oh, The history of never missing a dividend. Them and Right through works. the Second World War. Yep. Yeah, or Brickworks and they have a complementary or, or cross, or new, cross shareholding uh, with uh, Brickworks. But uh, the thing with Sol Pats of course is um, they they've had the accounting problem of having minority interests in companies and how you deal with that. So yeah. they've always looked like their return on equity is lower than it probably really was. Yes. Um, but we had the uh, we had uh, Robert Milner in uh, I think a few months ago, okay. and uh, it was, it, it's a fantastic business founder led. Yeah. So I've got a lot of confidence in them. Yeah. Price wise, it's a bit difficult because they, they had a massive uh, jump because of the I think it was to do with the TPG um, sales. So yeah. their their earnings have sort of rocketed up, and they're usually very very stable yeah. at, a, at a fairly modest growth rate. Um, which is uh, which is fine. Um, and uh, it's difficult to say how good this acquisition is because the performance of that company is pretty poor. So um, that doesn't mean it's not a good deal. Right. Uh, I just know nothing about it.
0: Yes. Okay. Robert, but I have so a lot of confidence in the management. Look, they, they are, they're they very good um, at, at spotting value themselves. I guess that's evidence. That and they're, they're very, very
1: Buffett-style investors. I mean, you can really look at Sol Pats and say it's a bit like Berkshire Hathaway, really. It's about the only thing we've got that's... Pretty close to it, I think.
0: Well, first time I met the Milners was actually at Berkshire Hathaway annual, at the 50th anniversary. Oh, really? Really? Yes, we had more than a few beers there too. Ah. It was was great, it was really good fun actually. uh, but, Rob, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, um, so look, I actually, full disclosure, I spent uh, quite a bit of last night uh, on the Team Investor website going through a lot of the videos they post there. So, great, great place for some news. Um, and I was listening to, to Howard actually speak about Sol Patterson. And, and he also mentioned that it um, had you know, gone for maybe 40 years where they'd never had a decrease in dividend. Uh, and, and obviously, the Team Invest um, uh, motto or one of the, the ways in which you, you invest. I'm sorry for speaking for you. No, I um, think, please if, go yeah, ahead. Do yeah, you want a, you I mean, want a, a commission like, or something? Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a job, <laughs> uh, it is about um, putting a lot of emphasis on the management team, and so yeah. I think that's where you have to defer um, to the management team here to say, look, um, th- trust them; they're, they're making the right decision for for a long, long time, many, many years. Uh, they've shown to be able to grow the business, reward shareholders, you know, be the stewards for the for the um, other shareholders. So it. it At this stage, I'm going to say it's okay. That being said, uh, there are some red flags that typically you look for uh, in a takeover, which we are seeing here. So number one, uh, when a company uses script to Mm. pay, um, sometimes that's an indication that the management feel that their share prices are at pretty lofty levels and maybe not sustainable uh, in the short to medium term. Um, The other thing is typically when a company um, is the bidder, uh, which Sol Pattinson are here, they technically usually get a, take a hit on the share price um, because they're paying a premium and everyone's concerned that they might be paying too much uh, and they want to wait until they see the synergies of the acquisition uh, flow through. So um, look, I know Sol Pattinson do have a bit of an investing arm, it's more focused on REITs and, and materials where this is um, more in line of a broader uh, investment spectrum, like a Magellan type of thing. So it should play into their portfolio quite well. Um, I'm gonna back the the team and say, yep, okay, they know what they're doing. I wouldn't go out and buy Sol Pattinson right now on the back of it, mm-hmm. um, but if I held it, I'd, I'd be happy just to see how it plays out. Yeah,
0: it, it's definitely one of those things that if you are going to get it, it seems to me like that classic bottom draw kind of stock. You mm. can probably overanalyze when and not, but if you're sort of buying it and you've got a long term uh, horizon, well, if history's any guide, that's been a pretty good approach. Like a CSL. Yeah, you know, exactly.
2: The bottom mm. draw.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing too is they rarely sell anything. Yeah, yeah, they're very, very long term holders. So yeah. this, for them to buy this company, they're looking at this as, a, as probably a 20 year deal, is it? Yep, that's you. Is that me? Sorry.
0: Um, yeah, it's interesting too. One of the things I like about them too, just to get in mm. on the love in uh, a little bit here, is that if you ever go visit their office offices, they're not very fancy, right. you know, um, yeah. I think uh, the Milner's, I think it's that saying of the thicker the carpet, the thinner the dividends kind of thing, which I've always loved as a, as a, as a, as a statement. That's All right, cool right. let's get years. into it. Mark, uh, you've probably got uh, cool uh, you've really probably got the Jesus Milner's God. on the phone right now. <laughs> yes. uh, saying, it's, it's actually
1: gone through to my... I turned the phone off, so it's gone through to the computer. <laughs> <laughs> just, every, everything's, <laughs> everything's
0: connected today. I <laughs> you know, it's terrible. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the 10 stocks that you have written in about. And we're going to start off with a very different company to uh, sell Pattinson's, and that is Oil Search Rob. Uh, This is a company that, uh, let's face it, historically hasn't really delivered a huge amount of value for shareholders and it's always going to be different. It seems to me whenever I have a look at it, is it going to be different this time?
2: Um, mm, Good question. So um, they're probably one of the highest beta plays uh, for oil that you can get in the market. Let me just just, uh, stop you there for a second. What do you mean by high high beta plays? So um, given a relative movement in the underlying, they'll have the biggest movement. So Um, more more volatile. More volatile, yeah. Gotcha. And that works in both directions, to the upside and to the downside. Um, Look, I guess there's a few uh, red flags at the moment for them. Um, I believe that... um, Oh, well, was it the managing director perhaps um, sold some sold some shares is that this one here um, uh, didn't uh, potentially, potentially potentially yeah yeah uh, look I, I guess um, the, the cost guidance has been revised upwards which is always a concern for mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. Um, you know the dividend is effectively zero at the moment 012 percent mm. um, the dividend payout ratios you know fifty percent looks like it might be climbing mm. uh, it's not where we would want to be at the moment they did do a um, Hedging strategy. I think they hedged off 9 million barrels of oil at 50 bucks a barrel. Um, But in this market, I actually want to be long barrels of oil. Right. uh, We're long an ETF called triple zero to get that exposure. So, um, you know, I would much rather at the moment be in triple zero. The oil market at the moment is actually quite interesting. Um, It's in something called a backwardation state, meaning uh, the futures contracts on oil actually are cheaper the further you go out. So, um, part of the product offering of triple zero is. They hold a three month futures contract and when that comes into being only having two months to go, they sell it and go and buy the three month exposure again. So every time they're rolling it back a month, they're actually making money. Um, And so in the last six weeks, they've paid out um, two dividends totaling nearly 13%. Not bad for getting exposure to oil. And then on top of that, obviously the oil price has gone up quite significantly. We first bought it when oil had just gone negative print. Um, So we picked up triple zero at like 80 it's like six dollars now okay um, so they're making good good money on the capital appreciation and on the roll uh, so whilst ever we stay in a backwardation market we'll stay with triple zero yep. when things turn around it goes back to normal uh, that's when we'll probably look to get um, individual stock uh, okay. exposure but, but no for an oil search at this point in time but not right now there's triple zero is a better play for us. And
0: I suspect you're going to largely agree with uh, that in terms of. I don't of know about search. triple zero. Oh, <laughs> but, but in but terms of but as search. far as
1: uh, also, search, Team Invest would have zero interest in this business. Why though? Well, because if you look at its history, I mean, it's losing money now, but it's been an absolute yo yo. You know, it's done around a little while and then massive drops. It's it's, it's unpredictable. Yeah. And the return, yeah, we it's showing, well, it's negative on. Uh, on just about every, every calculation we have. So uh, it's an $8 billion market cap company, so it's not, it's not um, a small business. Mm. Uh, and you know, you'd really need to understand the uh, oil industry to be able to make a, a bet on something like this, because I have zero idea of why their loss now was caused. Uh, was it just a drop in oil price? What is it? I don't know. you really right got to understand it. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Who knows? And yeah. then, you know, so if there is there a story now where you can say, if I understand this business, and this is the kind of business you shouldn't invest in unless you really understand yep. the business. This is a, uh, your, your circular competence argument, isn't yes. it? You're and I, right. I have zero, yeah. um, particularly on oil. And so therefore, you, I couldn't possibly uh, buy it. It doesn't pass any of our filters anyway. Yeah. So uh-huh. we, we wouldn't spend any time on yeah. it.
0: It's also about sort of knowing what is um, important and knowable versus what is important and perhaps yeah. unknowable. So, mm. you know, that, uh, that, that, that's where it always lands for a lot of these commodity plays. Yeah. For well, we're, me, gen- we're, g-
1: we're generally not enthusiastic about commodities because of the fact that they are, the company can't control the price. Mm. So yep. at the end of the day, the oil price is what it is. And that's, that's got millions of inputs. You can't say, "Oh, oil price is going to go up," because there's like there's so many things that can change. Yeah. You just don't know. So if it does, you know, right. it's obviously good if you haven't hedged all your portfolio at a, at a, at a low rate, because that happens to gold producers as well. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's, it's a real problem. Yeah. I think Regis had that problem, didn't they? Where they had to uh, yeah. when they were trying to unwind their Hedging's uh, a hedging. a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah it yeah. gives you a guaranteed amount, uh, but if the price goes up a long way, how the hedger makes all the money, and that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, it's like
2: insurance. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Then there's no. You upside. can't have it both ways. No, you can't have your no. Company. So this
1: is too. way too hard. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just just on Mark's um, comments about the production being down. So it's down about 2.7% from the fourth quarter due to a shutdown on COVID, but not COVID in their operations. It was a next door gold plant operations, uh, which caused them to shut down their highest production facility. So um, yeah, COVID's hitting you, even when it's not hitting you, it's still hitting you. It's still having um, an impact. It's a risk and and, and we tell our clients, Try and avoid the company specific risk where you can, particularly right now, markets are right at the top. Material sector, you know, which is obviously this is exposed to, it's right at the very top as well. Um, no one knows if it's gonna go higher here or not. With this a beginning or of a massive super cycle or are we right at the top we're about to collapse who knows right now i don't think you need to take company specific risk at all
0: well there you go uh viewers that was actually i should have mentioned that was sent in by theo so theo are the guys not mincing their words at all there hopefully that's been helpful to you let's now go to something completely different Uh, toasters blenders sandwich makers and that kind of thing this has been sent in by stephen uh mark he wants to know about breville this is a business that in a lot of ways, kind of has a lot of commodity kind of characteristics, you would think. Um, it's like the old saying in the long run, everything's a toaster. It's not, you're not making satellites here. It's not high tech stuff, but they've got a very high return on equity. They're yeah. done pretty well for shareholders. Mm-hmm. Dividend, we're talking about dividends increasing before yes. every single year, as long as I can yes. see, it's, yes. it's, it's managed to increase on a stable share count. Right. Sales have doubled in the last five or so years. Yeah. Is, is there still upside to
1: be had? Uh, well, let's talk about the company first. I think okay. Breville, Breville is, an, is an outstanding business. And uh, it passes... I've got all green green greens on our filters, except yeah. for required rate of return. Okay. <laughs> which means price. Price. Price versus, price versus value, if you like it that way. So what yep. am I going to get if I buy it at the current price? So uh, it's at the top of the red from a PE point of view. So the PE is actually at the moment 67 times earnings on trailing earnings, which yeah. is a massive amount of money for what is really a... Um, an appliance manufacturer, but they are good and they have very, very strong brands uh, in the US. So a lot of their business is in, in the US and they make Nespresso machines and a whole range of stuff. So the, in, in the US, Breville's products are considered premium, you know, they're not a cheap player. So when you say a toaster is a toaster, well it is unless it's a, a branded toaster. Sure. Yes. <laughs> so they've got good brands, it's well managed, there's nothing wrong with this business other than the price. So it's at a record high P-E ratio. Now what that means is their earnings are growing currently at about 3.2% with high stability, mm. and sales are growing by 10%. Mm. They had a bit of a dip through corona and they're sort of back on growth, but it hasn't been a high growth company for a long time. So not- there's nothing wrong with three or four or five or 10% growth, by the way, Yeah. but you've got to pay a realistic price, but you don't pay 60 times earnings for 10% growth, yeah. or less, and it's not even 10. Yeah. So we're showing it returning a negative um, 5.6% per year if you bought it today at the, uh, the current price. Nothing wrong with the business, but as Buffett says, you can buy just because it's a great business doesn't mean it's going to be a good investment. Yep. Uh, you can pay too much for it and not make any money over the next five years.
0: At the risk of going too far down the rabbit hole yep. here, do you think that's a statement that's broadly more true to, in today's market than it has been in the past? In in, in other words, there's lots of great companies on the ASX. Yep. But I think there's a realization that they're great companies, and they've sort of been priced in to some extent. Yeah. It, it, well, it's gone too, too far. So you, you, you agree? You think yeah, because I'm not
1: even I'm not even talking about the risk of interest rates going up and some sort of normalization of PE ratios, which yeah. obviously is a big risk yeah. for companies that have excessive PEs versus their earnings. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So yeah. Um, um, in this case, I think uh, it's, it's not just fully priced. It's, it's too far way over. Now, in in March last year, Howard being as smarty pants as he is, he, he bought this at ten fifty. Nice. So he got it quite loaded quite near the bottom and he was quite yeah. pleased with himself. It was still on a fairly high P E, mm. but it's now gone up to twenty nine. Mm. So that was he's very pleased with himself I of course. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, not I don't think many team invest members bought it because it still looked expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Even then.
0: Well there's something to be say, said for that, isn't there, Rob, in the sense that it's not you know, to do well it's not about picking the exact bottoms. It's no. not no, about no, no, trying to find I don't know you're not saying that. No. But you know, just to, I think it's a point worth emphasising, particularly for new investors. They tend to feel as though, oh I'll buy when it gets to the bottom, as if yeah. someone's gonna ring a bell for you. Or, or you know, and if, if you, you know it, with hindsight, that's you when you know, find out well, with the bottom. That's when you know when the, when yeah. the bottom is I can is. point at it. But let's say much. Breville's a great example. I mean, hmm. you know, say so what, how it got at 10, $11. bucks, yeah. could have got it at fifteen bucks. Could have got we it, still 20 be okay. bucks. that's right. It'd still be perfectly adequate. And
1: don't forget, if you look at the other retailers at the same time, AX one with it got down to sixty cents. Yeah, you know, they've actually gone up more. Yes. You know, so that, some of those companies are up two or three hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, you know, there's all the good ones did really well. Yes. Let's put yep. it that way. And that's it. And For- you could have bought any of them. Nick Scali, AX One. Uh, Fortune Rebel. All, good. All, good. all good.
0: The, the, the bold. Um, and I guess one of the troubles is we all say we're going to do this, don't yeah. we? Very so hard to pull the everyone trigger. Everyone says, oh, when the market goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy yeah. some shares, and yeah. then the market falls, and you go, ooh maybe it'll go a bit further yeah. or i'll just i'll just wait and see um anyway we're at a different part of the cycle now yep. uh, do you
2: agree with mark um yeah to a large extent um look i think just getting back to what you were saying about you know picking the bottom and when you get in i think first of all if you've got a plan so you've identified the companies that you want to get involved in uh set yourself a price when it gets there just commit to it yep. if you've done your research then forget about the outside noise um look there is a old saying about um you know investors trying to pick the bottom uh, they usually just end up with smelly fingers. Um, <laughs> what we try and tell our clients <laughs> to do—that's classy. Yeah, yeah, very, very. <laughs> um, people who know me know that's one of my best. Um, look, we, we try and tell our clients: look, um, pay attention to the two hundred-day moving average. Um, you know, it's where institutions like to get involved. It means you're not going to get the bottom, but you can invest with the uh, understanding you've, you've most likely got institutional money flow coming in behind you, supporting any kind of shock to the to the system that causes the share price to get nice and cheap. Uh, so you, you, your downside risk is, is minimized uh, uh, quite a bit, which I know is something that's really important to the um, team Invest members as well, yeah. trying to minimize the number of losses that you have. We um, don't want to lose money. At all. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that, that's a really- g- rule number one and two, right? right? That's right. That's and look, I'm likely. not sure if there would be more than a handful of occasions, if any, that you'd find a company um, get delisted and go out of business uh, from when the share price is trading above the 200 day moving mm-hmm. average. Typically, you know, they fall out of favour uh, for either company-specific or industry thematics, uh, and they get sold off for a long period of time, and then they go a trading halt, and then they just never come back. Gotcha. So, so using that 200 as a distinct buy sell line should um, pretty much remove all the instances. Uh, where you're holding on a stock goes on a trading halt and it never comes back, and there are a lot of examples of that, mm-hmm. a lot more than what investors like to think about. Um, you know whether it's you know OneTel, HRIH, Pasminco, Babcock and Brown. You know the list goes on and on. Speedcast recently, right. there's a whole heap of these um, that happen. Probably you know three or four every quarter. So okay. um, yeah, to avoid that. Um, look, what I'm going to say is uh, we we, we want to be very selective in this particular sector at the moment um, where happy with Breville being a name that we would invest in. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the valuation's not there for us at the moment. If you had it, we'd be okay to hold on to it. Uh, if you wanted to get into it, we'd definitely want to be buying some kind of retracement, um, probably back to levels around about the 27-ish dollars, something like that. Um, I'm gonna be sneaky here and say, look, um, An alternative investment to Breville would actually be picking up Premier Investments. Mm. So Premier Investments are a major shareholder, they own about 26% of Breville. So Mm. you are indirectly getting that exposure. Um, Premier Investments, uh, they do Smiggles, um, which is uh, quite large over in um, Southeast Asia, they're expanding there and also in the UK. And what people need to remember is, um, as we head into July. Uh, school goes back in the northern hemispheres, and what do we do here when school goes back? Well, we quickly duck out to you know, office works or you know uh, smiggle stores, and we buy you know stationaries and books and backpacks mm. and stuff. Mm. And so that thematic should be playing out right now over in the UK. Um, we also um, at Macro we want to get exposure to the UK. Uh, it is touted to be the first um, developed economy. To have saturation as far as the COVID vaccine goes. Now we can argue as to how effective that's going to be with mm-hmm. people, you know, coming down with COVID even two weeks after getting the second one. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, Premier Investments gives you that currency uh, exposure that we want. It's exposed to a, the best um, uh, economy as far as we can see moving forward in the short term, mm-hmm. uh, and also it picks up a bit of Breville as well. So uh, Premier Investments over Breville. All right. Um, geez, guys, we're 20
0: minutes into the show and we've only gone through three stocks. Some of the others others are going to be quick. (laughs) That that helps. That helps. This is is the trouble. When something interesting comes up, there's just so much to say. Let's go to uh, Anne's question. Rob, I'm going to stay with you. She's mentioned Fleetwood. Now, these guys were a real high fly (laughs) during the mining boom, Mm -hmm. but have really struggled in recent years. Is it something that uh, piques your interest at all?
2: No. No. Um, right, so so Look, I'll, I'll, <laughs> look well, Mark and I have got this covered. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you uh, alternatives to this one. Uh, so the, the company basically does building solutions and RV solutions. Uh, if you're wanting to get exposure to the building... Car- sol- Caravans and demountables. Yeah, 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 exactly. So look, if you've wanted to get exposure to the building sector, we'd suggest something like a, a John Lynn group, uh, which I think we've spoken about before. They do the contracting for uh, the major insurers, uh, as well as you know their own um, staff out there. Uh, And if you wanted to get exposure to um, RVs and things like that, uh, we'd probably go to uh, Super Retail (SUL). Oh yes, nice. Okay, Uh, Mark, what do you reckon? Uh, Well, this used to be a wealth winner for us uh,
1: back back in the yeah, yeah, it was. was And I made a lot of money on Fleetwood. And what they did is they really they were a caravan uh, business, which didn't make much money Mm. in those days. And then they got into uh, the portable housing for the mining boom. So they built housing communities for the the miners. And uh, yeah, they made a monster, but they were very, very leveraged to the boom. And then when it came off in about 2014, 14, 15, but then Fleaver got smashed because then suddenly yeah, the miners went into reverse just about from build, build, build to not spend money, yes, not spend yes, money. Yes. And and they haven't recovered. So, back, at, even I've only got 10 years here, but from 2011 they were doing like $8 uh, per uh, share in sale, uh, uh, per sale, sales per share yep. and 85, 86 cents in earnings. Now they're 10 cents in earnings and $3. So, and, and I so think they're like a third of the size they were.
0: 50% more shares on issue now. Well, than that that, and well. that's not good, yep. as you know. Yep. So
1: that's a significant dilution. And also, the last five years, they've gone nowhere. Mm. So, so there's no sign of them even capitalising on the boom in RVs through coronavirus. You know, because that, there has been, there's been a massive boom in uh, everything to do with going away camping, yeah, trailering, and everything. potentially they could have built
0: everything. some quarantine facilities even. Well, you know, anyway, they, they, they
1: haven't even. that is nothing that I can see that's even showing any light of the day on that. Mm. So, uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. Sorry. What's a good one? Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. But we haven't looked, at it. We haven't looked at it for and, years. And you
0: know, what do they say when the facts change? You should change your mind. And mm. I think there's a good example uh, of that right there. Uh, let's move oh geez we're really covering a whole variety of sectors here today. We're now going to go into the funeral space. Uh, Mark, Nick wants to know about InvoCare. Um, I've, I've often heard investors say something like, well, you're never going to go wrong with a funeral home, right? Like you, you, the, the business of death is death and taxes going Death away. and taxes. Death and taxes, you've, you got, you've got an aging population. It seems like a very reasonable high level uh, assumption and yet, this business really just sort of seems as though it's just no growth. None of them no. Well, here. if
1: you look, a, good, a very good indicator is return on equity, yeah. and their return on equity is two point three percent. Yeah. What that's telling you is they're getting two point three percent return on the capital deployed in the business. Now, why is that? Because they've actually got a tailwind. I mean, it's a it's a prospective area for a business, isn't it? But they own a lot of funeral homes, they own crematoriums, they own every, they've got insurance for they're they're covering off all the bases in the area. Yeah. But I suspect that a lot of it's been acquisitions. You know, they've grown by rolling up. And buying funeral homes and so on. The problem with that model is it sounds good, and the idea is you buy them on a low PE because they're private companies, and then you get the uplift because you're a, a listed company. And they're on a PE, by the way, of 126. Mm. So let's just uh, you know take a gasp on that one. Wow! And uh, their earnings at the moment are showing negative 20% a year. <laughs> yeah, so their earnings are going backwards, and they've been so... going badly. They've been going badly since 2017. Mm. In 2017, they were doing. A dollar of earnings per share. At the moment, they're down to something like 50 cents or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I um, uh, no, sorry, five cents, ten cents, something. <laughs> I'm looking at the graph, I can't see the numbers.
0: Maybe if you've got like a, a yeah. nice high yield or something like that. No, so there's nothing, bit, there's nothing.
1: There's no redeeming attributes here at all. So yeah. this is uh, just a woeful story.
0: Yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm going to strongly <laughs> agree with you there. But what, what do you think? I mean, maybe, I guess the, the argument can be that things change. We saw that with Fleetwood, right? Maybe, maybe now's the inflection point that things get better.
2: Don't look at me to go against you. I'm I'm trying Uh. to to appear balanced. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, I I agree on that. Look, I'll go through some of the the latest numbers. Uh, Revenue was down 4.5%, EBITDA down 29%, net profit down over 50%, and they cut their dividends by nearly 70%. So um, it's a definite no for us. Um, Something that people need to be aware of is that um, uh, influenza, so catching the flu, is actually a leading indicator of death. Uh, And what's happened because of COVID, if you can actually believe this, you know, people with their social dis- distancing and being more aware of hygiene, washing their hands, wearing masks, things like that, the actual mortality rate in here in Australia has actually dropped yeah. significantly. Yeah. And, you know, this, these guys... It really
0: counterintuitive. If you'd gone back a year ago and said, well, we're well, having
2: a global pandemic, you'd think funeral... Yeah, and the so
1: media's under- got the scorecards up going, like, 9, right. 10, 11 yeah, days. <laughs> like, oh, my God, funerals. we're all dying. That's,
2: <laughs> dying. that's the way to go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, look, 58% of their business comes from funerals, 42% mm. from mm. memorial parks. So mm. um, they're all in... On people dying, yeah, uh, and unfortunately for them, people aren't dying—not uh. not fast. Well, enough. I think the
1: other thing you got to remember, and there's still plenty of people dying, but they have had a history of not doing that well. Yeah. so it's not like Even you, you can't—you can't blame COVID for this. Mm. Yeah, it exactly. might not be helpful, yes. but it's. Not a a good
2: excuse. I'll give you a really interesting fact here. So they've got the prepaid funerals contracts that you can get to see on the TV. Um, All the time. Yeah. Yeah. look, they count for 14% of their revenue, Mm. yet the actual redemptions from people saying, you know what, I know I've paid for my funeral advance, but actually I've I've changed my mind. It's actually greater than the actual inflow on the actual selling the product, so fourteen percent of revenue from paying prepaid, and then they're getting more than fourteen percent in redemptions, so having to pay back out. So it's actually so a losing—they're losing, losing money on it. Yeah, they're losing money on their prepaid. Sounds futures. like it. Sounds like a great but it gives business gives them cash model flow at the moment, which in the short term a yeah. they short probably before they pay it out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely dear. couldn't touch it. I didn't know that. So, so there terrible. you go, yeah. uh, Nick. Thanks for
0: sending that one in. But there's there's very little love on this panel, unfortunately, for InvoCare. Before we get to the halfway mark, uh, let's. Again, something completely different. We're going to go into the agricultural space here with a, a little company called Ridley Corp. R-I-C is the code here. Callum has sent this one. And so, um, uh, Rob, animal feed yeah. for farmers basically here. Yeah. Is there money to be made in that,
2: in that business? Um, yeah, possibly. Um, look, I, I, I don't want to steal Mark Thunder here, but uh, <laughs> we've got a price earnings model on this one of just under $150 oh, yeah? uh, compared to the sector around about 27 28 so you are paying for that uh, potential future earnings. Um, look, their revenue was down 3.5%. It's forecast to drop by another 2.5%. Um, you know, there, there's no dividends as far as I can... Oh, sorry, dividend yields 3.7%. Mm. Uh, margin's really skinny, you know, 6.2%, which you'd think there'd be better margins uh, for this kind of a business. So, um, yeah, look, if, if you're in it, you know, you're along for the ride, really. It's, it's, it's yeah. such a small company it's going to be up, down and sideways. Um, I'd be looking at this purely from a technical perspective and saying, look, um, you know, if in this market, if we start reversing early next financial year, um, you'd be looking to maybe buy a breakout as the stock gets back over you know, 120. Uh, otherwise, if it fell below somewhere between either uh, 105, which is the most recent lows in May, or if you're being even more defensive as a trader, um, the 200-day moving average, which is Currently sits back at about um, 98 cents, and okay. that would get you out of it. But uh, as an investment itself, we couldn't uh, recommend anyone to buy it now. Yeah, Mark. I guess the
0: other challenge of these kinds of companies as well, and this isn't um, certainly not having a go at management, but they're just in a tough space, right? So your your clients they face they face uh, droughts, flooding rains, mm. climate you name it, right? Like it's mm. super. They, seem, super, to, they su- seem
1: to be more into the performance feeds. They say, okay. yeah, so they they like they do cattle dogs and. They do mice and rats and stuff as well, but they, you know, okay. for, well, I suppose assume, assume for research. Yes, right. You've got to feed those well. But they, okay. And they also bought a business in uh, Thailand, I think, which is a you know, fish uh, breeding business, you know, ponds and so on. Oh, but okay. a, part yeah. of that deal was forgiveness of debt uh, to them. So I would say what that company had is a massive amount of debt for feed that they had provided. And they've bought them out and then forgiven the debt and so on. So is it like a distressed situation? Okay. I have no idea what the prospects for that are. In in the, in the its positives, uh, this has got a 3.1% EPS growth rate average over the last six years. and It's actually been pretty good over the last uh, three years. Okay. I'm not talking about forward estimates. I'm just saying what it's been. Yep. Um, and it's on a seven, seven seven and a half PE. So this is a case where we were looking at, what was the one we looked at that was a massively high PE and the same 3% growth rate? Uh, uh, yeah, what was
0: that? So it, at, least, right? yeah. at least
1: you're not paying With a the, lot of money for this. Yes. So what that means is your returns, if they can maintain the business, and they've got a 13% return on equity, which is okay. They're at the bottom of the green of their range at the moment, so they're they're cheap from their from their PE ratio range. Mm-hmm. So the highest for them are 16 plus for PE. Mm-hmm. So we're showing returning on our default measures of about 21% a year if they maintain the same averages I've done okay. over the last six years. On a margin of safety, it's 0.4 negative. Okay. So big difference. And yeah. the reason that's so that's so different is uh, is because the uh, terminal PE on the default one gives them 15 and the margin of safety is six. Uh, and the uh, payout ratio drops from 42 to 7 and that that that's what it does okay so it's uh, it doesn't it's not something we've ever looked at in detail and I don't understand the business mm. as well as David it's not uh, but it is redeeming the factor is uh, it is a business mm. And it's, it is profitable and it's on a very cheap rate, okay. uh, uh, PE, which is not that easy to find.
0: Yeah, well that is that's that is <laughs> interesting. So Callum, hopefully that has helped you there. I understand they're only going a bit of an asset uh, refresh uh, mm. there as well. So uh, maybe maybe positioning themselves better for the future. So let's do a quick recap of the uh, five stocks that we've so far covered, plus the stock of the day. We started off with Sol Pats, which I think everyone agrees is just one of those really underappreciated companies, long term performer. Uh, as far as the, the, you know, I think the, the consensus was, this is one for the bottom draw, you might be able to get a better price uh, down the track. But if you're a long term holder, it's, it's probably okay just to get in now. Um, then we went to uh, five other stocks. And we've got crosses across the board here on my little uh, scorepad here. So oil search a double no, uh, Rob uh, from macro basically saying if you like, the uh, oil exposure there. There's an ETF called Triple Zero, which seems to be doing some interesting things at the moment. Uh, We then had a look at Breville. Uh, The gents really like the company. It's hard to fault um, their performance historically. The one area you can potentially uh, fault is the price. You are really paying up for it at this point in time. Uh, Rob made the great point that Premier hold 26% uh, of this company. So if you want a bit of exposure to that, uh, you've uh, you've got that with Premier. Plus, perhaps a bit of exposure to the UK as well, which might be something to look at. We then had a look at Fleetwood, wonderful standout performer during the mining boom, but since then they've kind of stumbled and they've never managed to sort of get back to their former glory. So, uh, there's a double pass there as well. Double fail. Double fail. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, got to be more more uh, ex- uh, harsh in my language. That was that was said a pass. I said, yeah, but you know, fails harder than a pass. So. <laughs> okay. Semantics. <laughs> um, uh, let's let's get to InvoCare care. Uh, you know. Wouldn't it be great if a lot more of us started dying? Maybe for (laughs) invocare, but uh, really, there's not much else to to sort of like there, so that was a double fail pass, so uh, no thanks. Um, And then Ridley Corp, in terms of agricultural feed and a bunch of other things as well. Um, We couldn't get that one over the line, although uh, Mark did make some interesting points that this is at least very cheap at this point in time. Although, bear in mind that it's probably, given the agricultural exposure, it would be a volatile ride, but if you can sort of stomach that, um, you might go okay over the long term. So that is that. Now, as you know, we do run our own portfolio here at The Core. We've been doing it. Geez, we're coming up very close to our one-year anniversary. Uh, and our partners at NabTrade Trade have been helping us do that. And uh, how does it work? Well, if we if our two guests both give a thumbs up, it gets added to the portfolio at the end of today on the closing price. Um, and if it gets anything other than that, it gets kicked out. Even if it's a different panel than... Uh, than the people who put the stock into the portfolio. So let's check in on how we have been performing. So, you know, it's been a really great year for the course portfolio, up about 32%. So it's gonna end up, you know, barring a major move in in these stocks selected, it's going to be an outstanding year. So well done to all of our very, very smart guests uh, 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 on the panel Mm -hmm. that have helped us achieve that. Uh, Let's have a look at some of the stocks that have been added recently. Remember to, and it's on your screen right now, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. You can see all of the stocks that have been added, removed and exactly uh, how it's looking. But uh, yeah, recently Magellan Global Fund Group, Domino's, uh, a Long Short Fund, RPM Global and Ramsey Healthcare have all been added. Now uh, let's, before we do anything else, it's worth having a very quick break just to remind you of the Small Caps Big Ideas Conference that is being held right now. Pretty interesting, a full day there, live stream, virtual event, small caps, big ideas, 10 of Australia's best money managers, each presenting and revealing one of their high conviction, small cap ideas. So uh, it is something that we would very much urge you to click over and have a look at. We do like this, well, I maybe shouldn't be so general. I do like the small cap space. I think there's a Mm, lot of potential in there. uh, And it just doesn't get much coverage. So OSB is really shining a spotlight in that area of the market where there is a lot of opportunity all right gents uh, we are on the uh, tail end of this let's have a look at again something completely different Will's written in and asked us about telex pharmaceuticals so one of these companies that's doing some fascinating research it's all about molecular targeted uh, identification and treatment of cancer cells so you attach a uh, radioactive molecule to uh, to uh, I'm going to get out of my depth very quickly here to something that will find and attach itself to cancer cells and then allow you to identify it and then kill it. One of these things that you really really hope that they have a lot of success because if they do, the upside here is going to be massive. However, Mark, is that often the case? Uh, no,
1: no, it's not often. You've got to you want these companies to do well. Yeah. These guys are specialising in uh, prostate and brain brain cancers, mm. yeah, which. And and the way they're doing it's quite novel and so on. I don't know where they're at from the point of view of their clinical trials and so on. So they're talking about, uh, they're they're burning money, of course. So the market cap's 1.6 million. Last year, return on equity was minus 47%, which means they basically lost 50% of their uh, capital. Once they lost, yeah, you know, they're probably expending it in the whole process of development. So it's not. And hopefully, we'll yeah. Get a so they're not. They're, they're, pre, they're yeah. pre-earnings. Yes. Yep. So until they actually get a viable product into the market and through the, all the approval processes, and even then, it doesn't guarantee they're going to make a lot of money. But you should. Yes. You
0: know, by yeah. By that stage, I think but they've got some sales from. I had a that, very quick look that. at it. Yeah, and they've got a lot of stuff in in the pipeline. A lot of trials underway. Yeah. Um, very small uh, base of sales. They uh, let it let it uh, be point, known. 0.2 of a percent. Yeah, so not not much, um, yeah. maybe five million on a, yeah. on an overall basis. Okay, so there's basis. something happening. Something okay. is happening, um, mm. and you can see that the market's obviously reacting to that, which which is nice. But they did burn through 17 million in the last quarter. They have got about 61 million in cash left. Yeah. So, Rob, wh- what do you reckon? Is this is this an area that you've focused on in the past?
2: Um, yeah, look, I'm a little bit scared about it. I'm scared about anything that in that biotech, biopharma, um, uh, you know, area of, of the market. Um, you know, is this going to be another mesoblast that you know always promises great things and just never delivers? Mm. Uh, any company that's share price is determined by you know an FDA um, approval, you know, which is um, people just speculating on it. They, they, no one knows except for the people, <laughs> the decision makers. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, even they, right? They can't yeah, forecast a lot of these things either. Not until they go through it. Sure. Yeah. Look, um, these guys have got um, the, the end of phase three of the prostate cancer um, drug they're running, uh, which is the um, Uh, like the component of it which is um, tracks it identifies it Mm. and then I think they're up to stage 2 moving into stage 3 for the actual treatment of it that's on the prostate cancer side of things and the big share price movement we've seen uh, lately was that uh, pending FDA approval and by the way the share price has looked I would say that that it's either rampant speculation because it started moving up quite sharply before the announcement came out Mm. or should I say insider trading I'm not going to say it's insider trading um, never. Never. That's and illegal. That That's it, illegal. It doesn't yeah. exist, of course. Yep. Um, but, you know, let's just put it down then to um, heightened speculation mm. and people just happening to know that there was going to be an announcement on that day as to the <laughs> FDA um, announcement, which is interesting because as far as I know, there's no calendar as to the exact date. There's always just a range of some time the next week yeah. or two. Yeah. Um, look, that being said, I think, um, you know, given the way it's performed over the last 12 months and beyond, um, if you're happy for a little bit of excitement in your portfolio, I could definitely add it in there. Um, I think you need to get a, a sizeable retracement in price, something in that uh, 4.75 to $5 on a technical level mm-hmm. is probably where you've got support for this stock. Yeah. So, you know, I, look, I couldn't be drawn into buying it at 5.8. But you know, four four eighty five dollars. Mm. Sure, I could put a and a even small still allocation. then high risk, right? Even, oh yeah, even look, with it, that, it's, yeah. A, it's a two three percent allocation at best. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, well, I hope that wow. has helped you. But look, these are these are these kind of stocks come up a lot, and you can see why, right? So they have some positive announcements. The share price sure. goes up. Sure. Probably mentioned a bunch of times on Twitter and other message boards, and people get excited. They go, Developing a cure for cancer—that's yep. always very sexy. You know, getting some early success. Yes, I
1: wonder how many there are at the moment around the world, though. You know, there'd, there'd be there'd be hundreds, maybe thousands. I think this is the thing. Containers. Whenever we
0: discuss this on the panel, yeah. and anyone who's got any sort of experience here knows that it's just very, very tough. And you can get you can have all kinds of positive developments, only to fall at, at the last, last the last little bit. <laughs> and this has nothing to do with the the uh, the caliber of management or their honesty. It's just a super super tough business. So so try not to let the hype get the better. Of you here, and it's purely speculative. Yeah, it is. It's not and an investment. You know, if, if you want to have a punt, great, but yeah. just don't pretend but it's, it's casino, an investment.
1: It's casino money. That's the way to look at it. That's
0: the, exactly the way. it. To shares it. outstanding—they've
1: gone from 38 million to 280 million because that's well, they have to keep raising new pay. capital. Yeah, and the and the losses have been accelerating so. They're losing, losing more and more money every year, and and look, as long as the story keeps going, this is the problem with the mesoblasting. thing. Yep. Yeah, they have to come up with a good story because no one's going
0: to give them more money. Yeah, yeah. So that's you, right. you've got to gild the lily a bit, perhaps. Yep. Yeah. yeah uh, It's it's well, real the incentive to. What's also interesting here too is that, of course, every now and again, one of these companies yep. does it right, yep. and then when they do, they make squillions. And and mm. but I guess to emphasise the point here, that's that's. Statistically the exception to the rule. So right. let's let's move on. Uh, something far more boring, but potentially a bit more interesting. Nick wants to know about Bramble, so chap pallets, basically. They're in 60 different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who we're up to. Mark, we'll go with we'll go okay. with you guys. Sure. Uh, so uh, they've never really had a, a spectacular history, despite no, being a no. very large, sort of profitable yeah, business.
1: No. Look, it, it's it, you're right, it's a large profitable business. If you look at their P at the moment it's on 20. Earnings growth negative minus two over the last six years. But if you look at it over the years, going from, it was, um, it's was, it gone from uh, 33 cents per share up to about 56 yep. over 10 years, which is not even double. Right. Yeah, so that's less than a doubling in 10 years. So you, you, this is a company that is sort of barely, I, I would argue, keeping up with inflation. Mm, so yeah. that's not a good place to be because we actually like growth as well. But, yeah. but if you can then pay a low enough price for it, because it is stable, so it's got very high stability, ninety-six percent stability in sales, uh, earnings, and ninety-five percent in in sales, um, and it's got good return on equity. So debt's fairly high from our point of view, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's above our limits, so we'd never we would never be interested in it. Mm-hmm. But we're showing it returning one point seven percent a year at its current price. Yeah, so oh, that's just you know, why to to
2: get excited about? Why would you do it? Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you reckon, Rob? Yeah. So. Um, uh, this is range trading, uh, has been for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You could have sold your shares for the same price uh, 20 years ago. Mm. Um, back in May 2000. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> you so think you should have. Imagine if <laughs> you bought it 20 <laughs> yes. years ago. Like, What have yeah. you got to show for you? You've got some dividends and that's about it. Yep. Uh, and then as, as Mark said, inflation's going to uh, bite you pretty hard. Mm. Look, um, the the brokers are expecting that US margins on for this company is going to decline because lumber prices are going to increase. Mm-hmm. So the cost of materials to build the jet pallets are going to go up. Yep. Um, they've also got some problems with um, uh, transportation risks that they're carrying. Um, COVID border closures and just typically a... Um, a, a shortage of labor, uh, you truck drivers in particular. Um, also, there's an unemployment payment, I think it's like $1,200 or something of that, which relative to the salary you'd earn as a truck driver is it's, it's less, but mm. it's, it's not that uncomparable. Okay. Um, and so maybe there's not enough kind of um, get up and go, look, okay, maybe I should get out and, and drive my truck for 20 hours a day. Uh, or I could just stay at home, play PlayStation, almost make as much money. Yeah. So um, I think at the moment there's too many risks for us. Um, unattractive valuation, high material costs, prolonged labour shortages forecast, and that comes from the uh, ISM Institute of Supply Management as well. So um, you know they're, they're kind of uh, seen as being the um, leaders in, in being able to predict those kind of things. So for us, it, it's not where we would want to be. How about Jumbo, though? Yeah. Um,
0: Peter? Th- uh, Peter's written in about this one. This is a, an interesting one. This is all about uh, lottery tickets. Yep. Uh, they're very, in fact, the biggest reseller in Australia. And um, <clears> it's a pretty tidy little business. A re-inked deal with Tabcorp not too long ago. Yep. Um, but it's all about the SaaS
2: business, isn't it? it, Do you, it, does, is. it does it tick any boxes? Yeah, um, it, it definitely did. Um, so we looked at Jumbo back when COVID was, you know, we'd only just out of the bounce, yeah. uh, putting portfolios for a um, recessionary, um, you know, environment. You know, in case we went down that path, this would protect yeah. you. The idea is that people um, actually start gambling more you know in a recession because you know they, they need to make the money. Yep. Um and so look, we, we put it out as a rec when it was about twelve forty uh hit price target for us, which was about fifteen twenty back in um nice mid January. Yeah it was a nice a little twenty percent, twenty four percent earner I think. Uh and look the share price up until a couple of days ago was still at those same levels. So it's kind of moved sideways. I think it's actually got some upward um uh movement from here to go. So if i from the stock I'd continue to hold it. Um if it pulled back down to maybe around the um, like $14, $15 level, $14 and a half, $15. We could probably get interested again to, to rebuy uh, given the, the way it's moved. Um, look, revenue's up, um, you know, it's forecast increased by 18%, EBITDA 12% and Pat by um, uh, 10% as well. So look, we're okay um, to, to actually accumulate this one. Um, just be aware that they're not actually selling the tickets per se anymore. Uh, it's really supplying the um, software and the, the platform, which allows others to sell the, um, the tickets. And that deal with Tabcorp, uh, in my opinion, wasn't the greatest deal either. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they could have um, done better. But what are you going to do against Tabcorp, right? Uh, they want to get their exposure into WA. Um, and you, you got to do a deal with the devil sometimes. That's That That
0: was the thing for me. It was, it was like, yes, could, could it have been a better deal? Uh, absolutely. But it did take a lot of uncertainty away for shareholders. So 100%. it was kind of there's a silver lining there. Mark, is it one that um, interests you? Uh,
1: it's, we have looked at it. Yeah. Um, we looked at it a couple of years ago when it was a lot cheaper. Um, it, when it was about $3.95 in 2019, $2.50 in 2018. These are yep. the lows. Yep. It, one of the interesting things with this company is it's been very it's actually had quite good growth over the last uh, uh, four or five years in business. And the, the PE range is really quite extreme with this business, mm-hmm. which is market sentiment. Yeah. So it's what will the market pay for the dollar of earnings? And if you just look at it like 2016, it was 6.9 low, 13 high Then mm-hmm. 2017, 7.8 low, 17 high, then 11.4, 23, 9.49 in 2019. So the share price went from three ninety five to $20.87. That's mm-hmm. what that means. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 2020, 16 to 66 and trailing 12 months 23 to 41 and it's currently 41 so it's yeah. in the red now so which is for us is top quartile yeah um it's still showing a reasonable return though because the earnings have been uh being uh, quite strong mm. um but it, it's it's in the red I'd okay. want, i think if if i was so going to buy it quite. i would rather buy it when it's in the green which is the bottom quartile which mm. is about ten dollars 82. so, so I hold uh yeah yeah i think so yeah okay. and the actual return we're showing 4.7 on a margin of safety which is not that bad mm. and up to 70% per year on, on default but that's assuming uh, that's looking at exactly what they've been doing recently and so on so that's hard to assume they'll continue doing that so it's probably going to end up somewhere in between Right. right. so it's probably going to be you're probably going to do quite well if you bought it now but I would, I would want to to buy loudness
0: Okay. I'm glad you hear you guys say that. I'm a, I should disclose I'm a shareholder. Ah. Uh, I got in last year as well. It's done really nice for me as well. It's I'm just it. it's just I bought in three tranches, yeah. so about 30% on average. Yeah, uh, below. It's good. Yeah. So it's okay. But I know the members you bought it are all happy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> yeah. um it's just hit the <laughs> consensus valuation um yeah. on strawman on as well. So it's kind of seen as fair, as not not as a bargain. But I digress. We are we are fast approaching the uh, end point here. Here's another interesting company, Mark Ticker Data. It's one of these ones, which is this founder led businesses, David Dicker owns 35% of it. he, I really he's a real no-nonsense kind of guy he is um, you know he doesn't give in to sort of a lot of the analyst BS that, no. that a lot of a lot no. of other CEOs do um, EPS have doubled per share only doubled over the last five years yep can they can they continue to oh, keep I think dogs? so
1: what they do is they distribute uh, they represent all a lot of the major brands in computers and so on so they provide business solutions and software and stuff as well but they're really a, a reseller uh, for all sorts of companies you yeah. know like uh, Fujitsu's and everybody yeah. uh-huh. uh, and they do it well Um, The only negative at the moment is that the uh, PE is very high. So they're on 30 30 times for them is near the top of the red. Mm. To give you an idea, 25 is the beginning of the red and to get into the green needs to be 18. Mm. So it's like nearly double uh, what you would class as being at the low end of its trading range. We're showing it returning 14% per year on our default metrics and about 4% on a margin of safety, which is not bad. So uh, I think it's quite a good company. It fails on debt for us, but it's only now just out of that, so right. it's seventy six percent debt to equity, and uh, you know we're, we're seventy five.
0: Okay, so
1: it's close to passing. a uh, uh, Required rate of return a bit low, but that's just a price issue. Mm-hmm. So hold. I oh yeah, a yeah, I wouldn't sell put,
0: it. Put you there. It. Okay. Yeah. Uh Rob, what do you reckon? Um ticker data.
2: Yeah, look, I'm um, understanding what Mark's saying about the PE ratio, it's the top of its range mm-hmm. of thirty percent, but. Uh, the sector average for P there is actually 41. So, um, whilst it's the top of their own range, it's actually still quite attractive uh, for the, yep. something in that sector. So, we like it. Um, obviously, the margins are very skinny, they're 4.5%, which you'd expect if you're effectively a reseller. Yep. Um, it does scare me a little bit that it's, um, you know, that hardware space makes up two thirds of their revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, software counts about 25%. Mm-hmm. They're starting to, to run up some called Dicker Data Services and Partner Services, but they're, they're negligible at the moment. So, mm-hmm. maybe there's something they can get through um, the cloud space that would actually help them um, increase their margins their annual reoccurring revenue is actually quite good and it seems to be growing it's just over 21 percent at the moment um, you know as far as growth numbers go um, you know they're growing at double-digit revenue and EBITDA uh, NPAT averages you know 25 percent dividends are increasing as well so mm. um, yeah we, look we could definitely have it in a portfolio um, the thing to, to note though is that. Um, The chairman, the CEO, uh, David Dicker, he owns about 35% of the company, Mm, mm. and then Fiona Brown, who's non-executive director, she owns 32%. So the two of them own 67%. So there's only 33% free float. So you probably will see, um, you know, if there's any interest that comes into it, it should move relatively quickly because there's just not that many Mm. shares to buy and sell. Yeah. Um, They also pay out. um, Last last divi payment was 100% payout ratio Mm. Um, now most of the times that would be a red flag and you're going well hang on can you sustain that Um, but I think with this model and the ARR uh, and the fact that they own such a large chunk of the company what they're really doing is paying money out to themselves Mm. uh, which is I guess their form of um, the the remuneration because my understanding um, from from listening to David speak a couple of times I don't think he's on a exorbitant. No, 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 a very modest salary. Very, yeah. very, like, like, yeah. even just for general people yeah. out there, let alone mm. CEOs of listed companies, very, very modest. Yeah. So I think that where he says, you know what, look, I won't take anything out of the business up front. But from the good work I do, um, I'll pay myself a nice dividend on. Yeah,
0: there's a lot to be said, Dave. Thanks for sending that one in. We mm. could talk about Dicker for a while, but we can't because we're running out of time. In fact, we've got to be really quick on this one, Rob. Three hundred and sixty Capital. Geez, we've just covered all areas of the market today. So Charles wants to know: this Is an investment company? Does it? Uh, do they? Are they good at investing? I'll put it that way.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to say no. Okay. I won't answer it, but I'll say I agree with Mark. Um, Look, revenues down um, 21%, EBITDA 31%, NPAT 10%, dividend per share 40%, um, dividend payout ratio um, 680 odd percent, uh, price earnings ratio 320 compared to 20. Um, I I couldn't hold it. If if I didn't like you, I, I couldn't buy it for you. That's how much I don't like
0: it. We all have rough patches as investors, yep. but when I cast the eyeball, and I don't know, maybe there's probably extenuating circumstances, benefit of the doubt and excuses, all that. Excuses, 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 or- But I just, I'm just trying not to get, uh, uh, you know, super defamation or anything no. here. But, you know, look, Give me something to like about it,
1: Mark. There's nothing to like about it. No? The, the, we're showing a return of minus 23.6% a year. Okay. So if you buy it, we reckon you're going to lose 25% of your capital per year. Yeah. They're, 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 the funny thing is, their P-E ratio is still 47. Yes. Now, it's on, well, it's on crappy earnings, but mm. the, 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 this is a business that's just a shocker. Mm. And by the way, they're operating in an area which has actually been very successful. This is the same space as uh, yeah, Magellan and others that have done really well. Yeah. We've got
0: yeah. lots of success stories. Why yeah. would you put money in this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's let's wrap it up. So we did get some ticks here in the uh, the back half here. So let's have a very quick review. We uh, started off with uh, Fleetwood. That's a double no. Brambles was a, a double no as well, just too slow growth. Uh, Jumbo was interesting; uh, it was a tick for Rob, although a lot of the upside uh, realised. There's still a bit more to go, and and uh, Mark with some favourable things to say, but we got a hold on that, so not added to the portfolio today. Dicker Data, same kind of story, a tick from uh, Rob there, but as far as Mark was concerned, yeah, again a lot to like, but it's just the, the upper end of that of that range, and we finished with three hundred and sixty Capital, which we just couldn't get any love on or at all. That is the show for today. Today we made it just in time before (laughs) before the finish thanks to both of our guests for their incredible insights it's always very much welcome we hope you've enjoyed it too don't forget to send us lots of suggestions so that we can sink our teeth into it you've got an email address there on your screen or Twitter if that is uh, what you prefer and uh, we look forward to digging into those next time we meet until then thanks very much